Welcome to the Victory Multisport Podcast. This is Coach Sarge, and I'm with Coach Scott. Hey there. Coach Kenny. Good morning, everybody. And a special guest, Tom Minock, otherwise known as Tugboat. How you doing? Good. How you? That's great. That's great. So back again for another episode of our podcast. Uh, we have a special guest. We'll get into uh, all of your accomplishments, your dreams, a little bit of the struggles that you went through getting to where you are today. But um, I think you're well known in our athlete circles. Um, so I want to kick it over to Kenny to you know get us going on how, because you guys met for the first time out of the group here and wanted to talk more about that. It is funny because he's known in several different names. I, I've heard in the last week, oh, he's a gangster. He's a legend. Uh, that guy just swims. Like it, it is funny. There's so many different things people say about you. But uh, I, I can vividly remember, Tom, I think it might have been 2011, maybe. Yep. And uh, I was scared, like beyond scared to go. And I signed up for an Ironman. And I think Sarge, you and I were walking into Cranberry YMCA at 530 in the morning. We mm-hmm. knew nobody, nobody. Yeah. And I remember seeing you laying on your back in the water with your hands above your head, just kicking, swimming down to the other end. And uh, you, you had like a wink or something. You, you made some sort of funny face to me. And I'm like, oh, that guy seems like he's okay. Little did I know. I mean, anybody that I, I've often said, you know, when you first see Tom, you always think oh, he's grouchy or he's mad or he's a, he's a sore butt because you looked like you were mad. <laughs> but you were training for an Ironman. And that was the first time I think I ever had an interaction with you was that day we were both training. Yeah, it was. It was the first day we met. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, just had, you know, just good good to meet you at that time oh yeah it, it was funny because i think it, it happened to be we started like meeting up here or there like hey let's get out there let's run you know this or that and uh here it turned out to um we showed up at the pool one time and i'll always remember this and we were both like oh, we have a couple thousand yard swim and next thing you know you know some guys like i'm training for an ironman i'm gonna block up this lane and you're like yeah we are too and you just jumped in got in front of him and started the swim and i was like my man does yeah. not doesn't put up with anything does he he does not no care. nonsense no nonsense so t- talk about when you first started at the y i mean I, th- I guess that's the first place you started swimming was the cranberry ymca that's the first place i started swimming um religiously like okay. trying to get something done right right yeah. so that was so, 2010 20, 20, 2011 2011 okay yeah. so right around the same time that kenny got started with his first right um hey tom t- tell so how t- did that go yeah tell, well that's what i want to know about you don't, you weren't born a triathlete were no, you not at all i was uh no i was born a little short fat kid and uh <laughs> so i um my, my first triathlon actually came in north park at the north park pool so we um i happened to see a sign one day it said uh triathlon i said to my wife i'd like to do that one day and she kind of laughed at me like you know because i drank and smoked i didn't run right i didn't none of that was in my life mm-hmm. but um so i uh eventually we joined the oxford club and they had one there so i tried it and um uh, swimming was something i did i thought i did but it was more just playing in the water so it was a 500 yard swim i mm-hmm. think is what that sprint was and um, I'm swimming, and I'm dying. I'm on my back. I'm kicking. I I'm just all of a sudden I see this lifeguard walking up and down with me. And she has a donut, you know, a lifesaver, whatever. And um, so I'm like, that's not for me. I'm not. I'm not getting out. I'm going to finish however I do. And uh, so I, I eventually I did finish on, and you know, I swam on my back, my belly, and however I could get through it. 
Mm-hmm. And um, from that point on, it was like uh, I enjoyed it. I want to continue and just keep on working. Well, how, when you saw that sign for the YMCA, how old were you? 40, uh, 48. So you weren't like 21 or 22 yeah. and you just said, hey, I want to do a triathlon. You yeah. were in your 40s. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And you and then you saw that lifeguard, probably a 20-year-old, right? Walking with yeah. the uh the the saver buoy or whatever right. to uh to just keep an eye on you and I think just to reiterate what you said that getting pulled out of the water was not for you. No. Right? No. You weren't about to let her, no. you know, pull you out of that no. water. You were going to make it no matter what. Right. Figure yeah. it out. Quitting's not an option. That's right. That's right. So. And that, you know, you you described yourself as a young person. I'm not going to repeat that. <laughs> uh, but I would say, you know, I would add your your Irish heritage to that, right? Yep. And the the toughness that is very well known for yep. the the people of Ireland. Bullheadedness, and, yeah, <laughs> stubborn, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yep. Um, wanting to fight a ham sandwich and eat right. a drop of a hat, right? Yep. But, but your your family really came over. Your parents, right? Came yeah, my, I'm a first Ireland. generation. Yeah, my my um, both my parents are immigrants. My mm-hmm. mother was from Galway, and uh, there's nothing but ocean and rocks there. And uh, my father from the Midlands and uh, in, in a town called Offaly. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I think you bring that spirit, um, the spirit of the, the harsh weather, the, the rocks, yeah. the, the ocean, slamming against the island in, in Ireland uh, to everything you do in life and, and especially into the sport. So uh, it's, it's been awesome to come alongside you in that 2011, 2012 time frame and, you know, train with you, see you volunteering at my races in Lake Placid. You've helped me out um, just by being there and then race with you later. Uh, it's been, been really, really awesome. Hey, Tug, what, what clicked after that first experience? Because obviously you've, you've stuck with this. You've been incredibly successful. Um, you know, what, what, you know what, where was your head after that first race? Just trying to get better at doing what I was doing. Yeah? Yeah. And, um, you know, I tell people I enjoyed doing it. It sounds odd, you know, enjoy doing, you know, long swims, long bikes, long runs. But there's something about it that just, you know, you've accomplished that goal that you set out to do. And um, so it's just, just that. And the other thing that gets me is you guys being with a team of people that just energizes you and tells you, good job, keep moving, let's go. That, you know... Um, that's where it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Tom, when you did the first triathlon, did you have a young family at that point? Yeah. My kids were, um, I guess the youngest would have probably been about 10. So 10. Yeah. So, and you have four girls, correct? Four. Yep. So, four girls. So four girls yeah. and they were, the youngest was 10. So did yep. they get to watch you that day? No, oh, actually, I think I went by myself. Just, just, yeah. and that's, that's, a, that would be a typical cause yep. you've always deflected, everything on to anybody else so i could see you just showing up and saying i'm just going to go in and do this yeah i don't recall them being there but um they follow me now oh yeah we see it (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah i mean uh your daughters have volunteered they've they've shown up and spectated uh i know mcdera you know would volunteer in the medical tent yeah uh, during your races and our races so uh, i'm sure it's awesome to have them come out and and be with you I, i know even from my perspective, my kids made little signs back in the day. I think yeah. we had a big fat head of Kenny's face at, at a couple races. Uh, and Scott's, mm-hmm. Scott's girls have always been there for him as well. So it's, it's awesome to bring them along. It is. Tom, when you did that first sprint, how, when, how, what was the next pocket of time before you went back in and do, did another triathlon? Probably a year. 
a year. Yeah, probably the next one I did was in North Park. The North Park Trial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you started with a little indoor triathlon yeah. at, at the Oxford Club. Yeah. Then you went to the outside sprint. Yeah. What's your tra- like the, the trajectory? Did you then go right to Ironman or did you do some Olympics? Like I, I did a few Olympics, a few halves, and um, went to Tennessee and did one down there, a couple of them down there. And um, so that was it. Probably just uh, started small. And were you kind of like a one-man wolf pack when you did these? I was. So you were just chopping wood and doing your own thing? Yeah. So when we met you at the YMCA, would that have been the first time you started, like, doing group training? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, you don't take that back. I did do um, one in Philadelphia with with a group before that. But um, that that would have been our second, my second one. Yeah. Yeah. So when we when we met up with you, what was what was your why here? Like so when you're chasing these things, what made you say that triathlon is really where it's at? This is what I want. Um the challenge, I think, is just um like just doing it, just going out there and prove it to myself or, you know, that I can push myself to do things. And it works. So yeah, and and did you have anybody that, that picked out that race with you, or that, like because the Lake Placid is it's it was no joke. I had a, a buddy of mine that um, we've been together uh, in a group every Friday. We meet Ed, his name's Ed McQuaid, and uh, he was doing Lake Placid a few years earlier, and I went up to see what it was about. Mm. And the energy that's in Lake Placid is just there isn't any any energy anywhere else like it. It's unbelievable. The the people are right right there right on the street right just cheering everybody on and um i thought that would be a nice place to go and try it i love it yeah. that's pretty cool i didn't realize you went there first just to check it out yeah because i never seen her and soaking in yeah. yeah well i think that was the hook i think scott that we're going to find out a lot of things today because tom is a very quiet mm-hmm. guy mm-hmm. he he keeps things to himself except when you hear hey did you ever hear the one then you know, a, <laughs> then you know there's a pretty uncomfortable joke coming yep that usually he's laughing before the punchline comes out but uh i i'm still kind of blown away by the fact that your very first triathlon because people people see you and then we'll we'll go back to talk about placid but people see you as the guy that he's the channel swimmer that that's that's as they say as the young kids say that's him right he's himothy you know that's the guy and and to know that you were almost pulled out of the pool your very first race but you said that's not for me today right and that's incredible to me because people don't understand your journey to get you to dover to get you to lake erie to get you to lake tahoe to swim an ungodly amount Mm -hmm. that it almost started with somebody saying here grab this and it'll it'll all go away right yeah well i can't do that yeah we're not so, doing that that's no. for sure that's for sure and, and i think also uh, the the willingness to go travel and actually volunteer or you know support a race or support a friend in a race uh you know and you picked probably to your point the best one in in north america to go to because of the compact nature of lake placid the energy the way they shut the town down and all of that um but to to go and experience it and then get, you know, energized by the entire process to go, you know, get that on-site sign up for the next year and then come back and race it yourself. Uh, you know, I know I went through that same thing with Kenny when he went up for the first time. Um, and I talked to my wife, I said, yeah, you know, Kenny and I are going to Lake Placid and we get on-site signups the next day and I'm probably going to sign up. She said, I already knew that. Go ahead. 
<laughs> so, but you know, we get into the sport because we start to see other people like us, um, either spectating or racing, you know, some people have a misconceived impression of what a triathlete is. Um, ultimately I believe triathlete is really a mindset. Um, yeah, there's different bodies that people have and different speeds that people go, but to actually be a triathlete and to put yourself through the training, no matter what it is, no matter what your pace is on your run or your swim or your bike today or this race season, um, the mindset is exactly the same as a pro athlete that makes money doing it, that can go super fast because the pain is exactly the same for everybody. It is non-discriminate on what it will give you and what it will feed you. Um, so I, th I think that's just really cool and really important. And I, I remember when I came through transition in T1, the, the first race that I met you, you know, where you were, oh, I had known you, but you were um, volunteering in the changing tent and you're like, just rip that bag open and get your helmet on. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I got to put my other stuff in the bag. But um, you, you took care of me and you got me going. And it was just awesome to see some friendly face in that transition area for that. My first race, I think uh, my first full Ironman race. It was good to be there to help. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. One thing that's always impressed me about you and I've always been curious about is that. So, you started as a triathlete, which all of us are. And if you think about the sport, by definition, there's the three disciplines. I think if you were to take a survey of triathletes, probably more often than not, people would say swimming is their least favorite of the three. But yet, that's the thing that you like went headfirst into, no pun intended, and excelled in for years beyond becoming a triathlete. So... What was your connection with the swim? Well, um, I can agree that swimming was the worst of my abilities. And uh, I liked biking and running was okay. So, um, but, you know, just, I, I, just getting in there and swimming and making it happen and just keep on swimming. And we did, uh, what did we do? We did... Um, Chesapeake. Chesapeake Bay. That was our first one. And uh, Kenny told me a story of a guy who, uh, Darren, who um, was doing Ocean 7. And I thought that was crazy. What the hell would you want to do that for? You know, it's just too much. And uh, so. Yeah, that lasted about a week, by the yeah. way. <laughs> like, we should do Chesapeake Bay. And this guy that may hook coach us was an Ocean 7 swimmer. Mm -hmm. Why the heck would you do that? Then about a week later, he's like, well, there is one in the Northern Channel in Ireland, and there is one over in London, and I'm thinking about this one over in Catalina, and then there's one in Hawaii, and I'm like, oh, so why would you do that? And you've just researched four All of the them? seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but um, swimming for me right now is just a pleasure. It's just really enjoyable, and uh, just being there it's you're you're by yourself you got to think i mean you're not by yourself i have you guys around me but you know typically you're in the water just and you get a lot of time to think and reflect and that's good mm -hmm. i agree yeah scott it is funny as 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 we all coach our different athletes a lot of them do say uh, i look at that swim as more of my pain that's my pain in the butt just get me out of the water and then i'm gonna have fun the rest of the day but there is an underwhelming amount of athletes that we have as well that are starting to say, man, I felt my baptism coming out of the water. 
or I felt there's something about burying your face for an hour and all you hear is quiet and you just swim. And I hear it all the time. Man, I, I didn't realize I could swim for 45 minutes straight. I didn't even think about one thing. It just all of a sudden it just clicked. And it is funny watching the people that used to hate it. Now we're like, coach, can you add another swim in? Hey, can I just swim whenever I would like? Yes, yes. Yeah, because they're starting to find that, that piece that you found. Yeah, well, I remember, excuse me, I remember when uh, we started swimming and 2,500 yards was an hour long swim or something like that. And just like, holy cow, I've got to be here for an hour, do this swim, it's going to take forever, you know? And uh, now it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not, it's not that way anymore. It's like, cool, you know, we've got a five hour swim. You know, and, and or four hour, whatever it is, and you're just gonna plug away and just keep on going. Oh yeah. So did you hear that term? Oh yeah, keep plugging away, right? <laughs> keep it. plugging away. Yeah. That's a famous term. We got tugboat on a video from Iron Man during a race uh where there was a storm and it was raining and it was wet and they rode up next to him on a motorcycle and I uh, got the camera on him while he's on his bike. And uh I don't know what they asked you specifically, but how how is How's it out going? there? He's like uh, we're, we keep on plugging away, so it was it was awesome, and uh, I think Jay Nelly actually got another clip later that same day. So, you know the the victory athletes, victory people, even though it was before victory, you know got a little press that that particular uh, day. Um, but even that race, I was racing with you, and you talk about how peaceful the water can be. Is we didn't we were in the water not realizing there was a complete thunderstorm above us because you can't hear it. You can't really hear the, the, the rain. You kind of felt a little bit when you'd come up to breathe something different, but it didn't, um, it didn't you know, really dawn on anybody in the water until they you know, canceled the rest of the swim and made people like exit the water immediately because of lightning and some other things. But um, it reminded me of how you can really find a peaceful spot and you know, to have that kind of chaos going on above me and still just out there trying to get my 2.4 miles in uh was was kind of kind of amazing well it is funny because that that same day you know i was probably out of the water maybe 15 minutes ahead of you Mm -hmm. so i missed it and i was on heading up to keen descent with the thunder coming i was you were probably five or ten minutes ahead of me probably going down the hill on that nine mile drop with all that it, which so like you're in there where it's more dangerous where oh, he could get killed in the but water. i have no idea i'm oblivious <laughs> he's oblivious yeah. him and i are like going eight to ten miles up that long hill maybe 12 miles and now we're going to be 55 miles and we're panicking because wet wheels thin wheels yeah. one quick move and we're out yeah 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 no brakes oh yeah yeah, yeah. tug tell me what's your favorite iron man what was the favorite one that you most remember would it have been your placid one your first one yeah. lake placid definitely the first lake placid i did talk um, about that day like what went on that day in your mind how you were thinking leading up to it um, i remember the swim i st- uh, i wasn't uh too keen on it because it was a cannon start and uh oh i was in that with you, you that, that was yep. like the last the last cannon start yeah where yeah. were you at when that went off i was in a space that was wide open there's nobody there and i thought this is great i can uh just swim. Okay. So can I tell you, I was up in the front because I didn't know any better and I'm treading water warming up and I hear him go, this is the greatest thing in sports. It's the human washing machine. And I said, what does that mean? (laughs) And all of a sudden the the gun goes off 
And the guy's like, you're about to find out. And everyone's on top of each other. I was in the, I was probably up there with like Michael Phelps, and, yeah. not Michael Phelps, Andy, Andy Potts, Potts yeah. and all those guys. And I'm getting just like, ha- I wish I was where you were at, left alone. Like, yeah. Well, it didn't stay that way long for me because apparently I got in ahead of everybody else and then they all came in. So um, I wasn't getting beat up, but it was, it was, uh, tight spot a little bit of traffic huh? Yeah. a little bit yeah. of traffic yep. so you've done them where it's cannonball and you've done them today's where they walk like six people in at a time right what what is your preference that how they do it today i think so yeah it makes a little more sense you're not getting the hell beat out of you you know but you kind of like that i love the fact that i went through it yeah I oh no it's like exciting it. you know it certainly <laughs> it was, was exciting <laughs> but it was also uh fearful you know yeah a little for bit sure because uh, you're getting kicked or Slacked in the head or whatever, you know. But um, so that was it. Got through that swim on that. Uh, I remember coming out of the water the first round, and I'm like, oh, this is good. You know, get a little breath and, and you know, catch my breath and, and then right back in and go again. Um, the one thing at Lake Placid is they have the uh, line under the water. And if you can stay on that line, you can really save time. Well, I um, thought I'd be smart and get off that line because everybody else wants to be on it. And um, so I'd zigzag all over. I don't know. I'd probably swim a hell of a lot further than 2.4 miles. But uh, anyway, got through it and then got on the bike. And, um, you know, from then, I I don't remember all all that much of it anymore. What did you fuel on the bike? And I'm asking this for very, very... (laughs) Right. Um, It could have been potatoes. could have been uh, steak. Um, That's kind of what I ate. That's what I thought. For, for anybody that that knows Tug, um, I, and he's a testament of you don't have to have a thousand dollar wetsuit, you don't have to have an eight hundred dollar tri suit. In fact, you don't have to have infinite or you know uh, hydration packs or anything like that. Um, I think you're running your, your gear that you would like to run and bike in. It, aren't you sponsored by Hanes T-shirts? I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> the V-neck, right? V-neck, yeah. I think I got one on. He does have one on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's always an Achilles for me. Like I'll get that random text, like, "Hey, I saw the new Zoot store. Any cotton?" I'm like, I don't know. If, I don't think Zoot specializes in cotton. Well, where can I get my cotton uniform? Goes to the uniform instead of the tri suit, you know. Yep. Um, but it is funny because I think we've always. I, I think one of the things that I'm always so drawn to you is you are that true. If you don't have a horse, ride a cow. Yeah. In any way that means, like, I think, remember his arrow bar was broke that one time and he had like a two by four strapped to his bike (laughs) on one arm. And I said, I'm like, well, are you going to fix the other one? And he's like, well, why would I ever do that, Ken? I I, I have the one. (laughs) Yeah, but you're going to be like, like, what are you going to do with the other? I think we ran the first time we ran with him. He, instead of like one of those uh, water bottles that straps to your hands, he had like a two like a two gallon jug of water remember yeah i do with a handle on it it had yeah. a handle on it milk jug strapped to his bike i think too <laughs> yeah well just use it whatever you got it's all the matter yeah dance, get there. dance with the one that brought you yeah, right get so there. You yeah know, however you get it use what you've got make the best of it train on it use it in a race yeah. um if you have an opportunity at a later time to get a new piece of kit, do it, but right. you don't have to do that from the very beginning and you don't have to constantly do it. Um, you know, I think one of the 
things I was thinking about this week because there's been some uh, athletes that are, you know, having some, some chatter about some things is you're never going to buy your way to the finish line, right? You're never going to buy enough, you know, stuff that's going to get you to the finish line. You're going to train your way to the finish line. You're going to finish your workouts. You're going to stay consistent as you possibly can with everything getting in your way. Cause everything will try to get in your way. Life will get in your way. Jobs will get in your way. Um, headaches, you know, whatever get in your way. Weather gets in your way. Um, everything will try to get in your way, but if you continue to be consistent and you train through those things and you get the training done, that's, what's going to carry you to the finish line. Yeah. You might be, a, you know, a few seconds faster or a little bit, you know, more comfortable or, you know, some other aspect of whatever that piece of kit would, would deliver, but that's not the core. The core is the training. The core is the doing the work. You know, I think the that core is not today. One Life of our guys, not good, today. good friend, Brad Schmidt, right? He posted a long time ago. I still have a screenshot of it, but the grind knows right? a grind is only going to give you back what you put into the grind. Um, and I thought that was just a, the best analogy metaphor for Ironman and for triathlon, because that is exactly the root cause equation of everything else. How much did you train? That's how the race is going to go. Input, output. Input, output. Yeah. My first uh, bike was a, it was a Schwinn mountain bike. Yeah. You know, and uh, got me through it. So then I eventually did buy a road bike. But um, yeah, And you've so, ridden that same bike. Yeah, I mean. I, I have that same bike since 2011. And, you know, I, I'm kind of the bike guy, right? I have one bike. I've only owned one bike. Right. I went to the store. I said, I'm doing Ironman. They're like, okay, you need this. Okay, I got it. And I've used it in every single one of my races, my sprints, my Olympics, my training. I rode it at the Grand Fondo. It's a TT bike. People are like, whoa, you know, this is like some hills here. I'm like, dance with the one that brought you, bro. This is what I'm going to race on. This is what I'm going to train on. So, um, you know, it's it's a good thing. It's just a point we wanted to make on the on the cast today that – you don't need everything fancy. Um, it's more about if you are investing in your, your input right. to get that output. Yeah, you got to put the work in to get That's right. out what you get. So Yeah, I remember that, that race too vividly. I think either the night of or the night before, you came over to my house and we prayed together. Yeah. Just to, you know, hey, I think it was the night before. We're about to endure it. We're going to go through it. And that was the first time I'm like, man, that guy's pretty, pretty dope. Like mm-hmm. he's just a good guy. Like he's, he's going to go out there and bust chops and it was never, well, like what, what time's he going to do? Cause a lot of our athletes at times will compare themselves to other people. And, and somebody said it, Kate said it last night, an athlete was talking about, I ran six miles to Ryan Sipple 17. I want to be that guy one time just to feel what it's like to be that fast. And she immediately said, Kate did run your race girl. Mm-hmm. And and be proud of that, and I love that, and yep. and we and, and that's in our journey. We've always ran our race. Yeah. The only picture, only people you're competing against yourself in your head, you know. And uh, yeah, there's other people around you, but you're the guy there doing it, and you do the best you can, mm-hmm. and that's all you can do. Yeah, yeah. There was a um, Jay Bird sent a thing out the other day that was a guy saying, "If you think the cost of winning is expensive, wait till you see the cost of regret." Sure. The bill for regret. And and think about your life. What if you would have said to that lifeguard, yeah. throw it to me. I'm yeah. done. 
I wouldn't be here today. No, <laughs> yeah. I, no. I mean, you think about that. Right. Yeah. Because you were wired differently. You right. were wired to win. Sure. And, yeah. and, and winning to you may look different than it does to Ryan or Brian Leak or, you know, Tommy Dip. I mean, it just it looks different. Right. Crossing the finish line is winning. Correct. It's not not that you did it in eight hours or, you know, 16 hours. It's that you did it. And um, that's all you got to worry about. Yeah. When you first started, what made you say Iron Man was going to be the race? Uh, I guess watching Ed, I guess, do it and, and just seeing that that was uh, a good race. You know, it's good versus other ones that were out there. I liked it. Yep. So. And you liked it. So you finished the first one, like 14 hours, 13 hours, somewhere in there? Yeah, somewhere in there. Okay. So then you liked it so much, you came back the next two years, right? right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so that first year, it would have been just you and I out there right. with our crew that came to support. Right. Then the next year. I think he volunteered because that's when I saw him yep. on my first race. So then I yep. did the next year, 2012 with you or 2013. Sorry. I um, volunteered. Yeah, I yeah, you volunteered a year in the middle and then you came back and raced again with us in 2016. Right. For sure. Um, that's the famous picture of us all in the, in the finish line area with our good friend. Oh right? yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, Murph. Murph, Murph sitting in the chair, we got him in, um, and got his medal. And then, uh, we were all there to support him in that, in that race of his. So, uh, uh I, I know those are the big ones that you've done so far. Right. And then I think from that point after 2016, you started to work on the other things. Cause I think right. then that's when we went to Chesapeake. He had one more. Yeah. You had one more Ironman after did, that. Uh, Maryland. Oh, that's right. With Coach Scott. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we were all in there. And there is something to be said. Like, you don't overly love doing the distances, right? But you love the fact that I'm doing it with Scott and I'm doing it with Sarge. And the group is doing it together. That's that misery in in love's company. Exactly. And um, to me, there's nothing greater on Placid. And Steven and Spencer and you and Murph will feel that this year. Like, Mm -hmm. knowing that they're out there. And seeing them on those those like switchbacks where you go out like three miles and you come back mm-hmm. and and to see your teammate and you you exchange the nods like yeah I see you and you give them a yeah or you you know you pump them up like seeing Harley and Sniper like this year it was great it means yep. the world to you that you're not dying in silence you know you're like with your group and you guys are you getting through it together right they're encouraging each other where you're going yeah yeah oh yeah for sure when you so really quick because. Um, I've heard multiple people. Where did tugboat come from? Uh, uh, Do you remember it? Came from the pool one day. It you, did. Yeah. I, I just started calling him tugboat, and I've heard people say, "Man, I, I don't know what it means. I want that nickname. That nickname. It's now just tug. You know, if you if you know him, it's or boat. You know, either or. And, and I, honest to God, I, I've given a lot of people nicknames, and that may be one of my favorite. And, uh, and, and the reason being is to me a tugboat in bermuda goes out to sea and it pulls in the cruise ships it leads them in and it you know they it'll be the one that has to go out and show them how to pivot and turn around so they don't hit anything a tugboat to me is battle tested a tugboat can withstand heavy heavy water a tugboat is solid um and it's just a ba man just a badass and 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 i love the fact that you hold that title 
because you lead people to things. You're sturdy. You're not going to back down. You're going to, you're, Hey, if, if the water is heavy, I'm here. I got you. I'm, I'm swimming with you. You know, I remember the Pittsburgh swim. You were the first person that came with tears in your eyes to hug me. And mm-hmm. I'll always remember that man. And that's why, that's why I named you tugboat because of those attributes that you bring day in and day out, man. Thank you. I oh, appreciate yeah. that. So. Oh Yeah. But, and you've uh, embraced it. You love it. Oh, I love it. I think yeah. it's on your business cards shirt. now, isn't it? It's on, <laughs> I think it's on his shirt. On the I back think, of his shirt. On the back right? of my shirt. I think yeah. Karen has Tugboat's wife on her yeah, shirt. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We yeah. have T-shirts at, for Victory that say, we know Tugboat. Like, Yeah. We're known as the Tuggles family. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tom, what led you to move into swimming? So, we know that it wasn't your favorite, but what moved you? Was it injuries? Was it longevity? Was yeah. it doing something different? It was uh, a little bit of all of that. I... um. I'm an old man, so I hurt. My knees hurt. My back hurts. Um, swimming doesn't do that for me. You know, it. it uh, I don't have the knees pains or the back pains or anything. So it it helps me to uh, stay healthy, right, and uh, keep on with the group, being active, right, being, being active, active yeah. and being able to participate, and right, and frankly pushing the envelope and and showing people out there that there's. Uh, you know, there are other things you can move on to, and there's even bigger goals that yeah. you can try to challenge yourself with, right. even after being a multiple, you know, uh, Ironman uh, triathlete. Yeah. You, you went on and you, you got into Chesapeake Bay, and then that led to, you know, a number of other swims, uh, 30K swims and on up, right? Yeah, we did. Uh, Chesapeake Bay was the first long-distance swim we did. Yeah, you and I did together. Four point four miles. Yeah, four point four miles from. Uh, yeah, then and that's usually a wetsuit suit swim at our coach at that time, and it was rough. I think it was small craft advisory, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, you just go without it." And, yeah, right. and we're standing there, and we're in speedos because in in those races you can't even wear the jammers under the knees. Right, you know. So this is a zoot plug. So for all the boys that ask for speedos, they are here. We have victory speedos now. And uh, it's going to be great seeing everyone in the pool with them. So, um, but yeah, that was our first race, the Chesapeake Bay, right? Yeah, it was. And uh, it was good. It was rough, though. Like you said, it was, you know, they said there's a barge out there. You can uh, stop and get a drink. And we, we never thought. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I don't know where it was, but it wasn't on our route. There is something really weird about being in the water like that for that long. I think we were in it for 250 or 245. Yeah. Yep. And, and just that, that laying parallel mm-hmm. where only really one eye is seeing yeah. And, and I remember it in Tampa where Ron was trying to blow the whistle like, or you might have been, like, let's eat. And I'm seeing that big, like the channel marker, which I think is small. You, right. You, and then you get up to it and it's massive. Yeah. Right. And he's like, you should have ate like 10 minutes ago. We went an extra like 800 yards because, you know, I just conceptually couldn't see the distance. But yeah, I mean, that was such a cool swim. I'll always remember that. Because you didn't really have to sight. We just had to stay in between the, the bridges, right. right? Yeah. And how big they were above us. Right. They're huge. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, just if you could stay in the middle of them, you're doing okay. You know? And uh, we did. Yeah, we uh, were almost hand by hand that whole yeah. time. Yeah, we stuck by each other. So when we first started that, I remember you said, ah, I might just give it a go and, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Right. But when you came out of the water, you had your eyes on bigger things. Yeah. I... um. Well, we we uh, we knew about the Pittsburgh swim, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, that was the next that was the next thing we did, and uh, that was eighteen miles in the in the rivers, and uh, that was a good one. That was uh, twelve and a half hours, twelve hours, or just under twelve hours for me. Yep. And um, 
so that took some time. And, and uh, I remember I didn't really follow the rules of, of uh, open water swimming at the time. I kind of latched onto a kayak and sat up there and ate some potatoes or something. I don't know what I had. <laughs> but uh, No honey stingers? No uh, gels? No, none of that. Um, so that, that's what I did. And uh, finished that race and went from there to uh, Lake Erie. Like Erie, yeah. tell us about that. Yeah. So, go go. What are the distances? So we know we've done a four point four. We did uh, 4.4, 18. Um, 18.75, I think, because it yeah. was a thirty k. Thirty k. Then Lake Erie was uh, twenty four miles. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us about that there, because that's that's uh, you you held a record on that one for a while. Yeah. So what yeah, was for the, everybody listening? That Lake Erie is you uh, you get boated across to Canada. And then you start swimming. Right. You stand up on the shore in Canada. Well, uh, from Long Point, Ontario, we started. Long out. Point, Ontario. Yeah. So you have to you have to fax your passport. You can't email it. You can't scan it. You can't take a picture of it. You have right. to fax it to the Canadian government to get your permission to enter right. Canada. And then you stand up on shore, and then you begin swimming right. back to northeast Pennsylvania, right. um, which is uh, the 24 miles. 24 miles. miles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So uh, that started at that boat ride started at three 30 in the morning, I believe. Correct. And we got uh, on a fishing boat at three 30 to go yeah, flying across the lake for 24 a, miles, two hour boat ride. Yep. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, were you edgy it, that, that two hours, were you starting to get a little anxious? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's, uh, the unknown, right? So just, uh, fear the unknown, things like that. So, so you don't just get the eerie, because you came out of that 4.4 mile swim. What, what did your trainings have to look like leading up to that? They were uh, a lot of time in the pool. Um, like a lot of time, like an hour? Or no, like no, a lot of time, hour. like eight hours, five hours long, you know, 10,000 yards. Um, what were your average of, yardage weeks? I was doing anywhere 30 to 50,000 yards a week. 30 to 50,000, which is yeah. about 20 miles, right? Yeah. It's, it's about, isn't mm-hmm. a 10K about? 10K 6.2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, depending on the week. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of big weeks in there. And um, just I swam a lot. I mean. And your fueling pattern, Tom, on there, Darren had you, was every, it every hour? 30 minutes. We'd eat every 30 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Sarge fed me the second feeding i think mcdara was in first yeah Mick, well we had mcdara uh ron schmoll and myself were uh, two hours at a time yeah. on kayaks yeah. on a kayak that we brought with us so we, we stuffed the kayak in the fishing boat at three thirty in the morning it's pitch black dark it was clear the sky was completely was clear stars yeah. was beautiful we have a great couple of pano picks from that that morning um we flew across uh, the lake all the way up the 24 miles to get to canada and I think about five thirty in the morning, they were like, "Okay, now it's on you." And they yeah. said, "Jump in the water." So he had to jump in the water and swim ashore, stand up, and then he could begin coming back south. Right. Um, and then we had McDara was on the first round, and I think I took the second shift, and then we just kept switching off every two hours of uh, tracking next to you. So right. the fishing boat kept the GPS, uh, you know, waypoints, you know, guiding the overall track. But you couldn't swim really next to the fishing boat because it had a diesel engine. Right. And so it stank oh, it's and tasted like hell. Yeah, it tasted bad. So we, we would 
tug would be 20, 25 yards off of one side and kind of ahead of the boat. So he didn't have to swim in the fumes. Right. And then the kayak was next to him so that on every breath he knew he was sighting the right way, sighting the right way. So every breath he knew he was, he was getting too far away from the kayak. He had to come back or if he was cramping it, he was, you know, pushing into it, pushing into it. So helped him, helped him guide. And then we had water bottles on a string or, you know, full of gas right. and pre-mixed. We had little sandwich packs and yeah, ham sandwiches. Yeah. Sandwich so, packs and Ziplocs. Yeah. First sandwich I got, I think first sandwich I got from you, I believe it was, mm-hmm. I, uh, you gave me half. And, uh, so I'm trying to bite into this sandwich and I ended up under the water. So it was a, a wet sandwich. Soggy sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that wasn't the best one. Yeah. That wasn't the best one. Hey, Sarge, hold on one sec. So, sure. so Tom, when you eat, you, so the crowd knows, and I know the answer, but you can't stand up and you oh, can't no. hold on. No, right? you can't, you can't hold on to anything. So you got to tread water. You sunk was because you were trying to tread water yep. when the sandwich came in. Yeah. yeah he can't exactly. even touch the kayak. Right. We could hand him the sandwich bag or the water bottle. Usually, even the even the the liquid, we would just toss the water bottle out ahead of him on a string, and he would just swim into it, and then realize it was time to eat, and he would drink that, and then we'd reel in the bottle. Yeah. From there, and Tom, um, this is pretty serious. You actually had a referee on the boat too, right? Oh, yeah. To manage, yep. he stood he stood up, he pushed off, like you know, all of that stuff to make yeah. sure this is a legit swim. Everything I did, they they marked, you know, how many uh, strokes, how many uh, how many times I eat, how many whatever how many times i go to pee you know i had to go to the bathroom they wrote it down so um and he had the master clock so that official on the back of the fishing boat had a master time uh tracker right and uh, i think well he was tracking gps of where he was the official which they used as an approximate for pace distance and i guess it didn't happen but if you didn't make it they would know how far you made it because right. they track those failures too and how yeah. far people make it across that's a lot of logistics how far in advance did you have to plan all of this oh we were um six months i think about something like that right yeah. i mean by the time everybody had sent their passports in that took a while mm-hmm. right and uh so i'm gonna say pro- probably six months four to six months time frame and it, it is, yes. it's a little bit of getting a slot too, right? It was the, I think it was the association. There was an right. association. The Erie to, Swim Association. Erie Swim Association. Permission from them. And permission, get a slot. Was that the, the first step? Reaching out to them, saying yeah. here's the interest. And yep. Yeah, you have to talk to them and, and uh, they're very good, very helpful. Um, they do a lot of the work for you as far as, uh, I guess you have, well, other than the passport, but they, you know, you have to give that to the Canadians. But the... Um, they just help with the paperwork and filling it out and knowing where to go and who to talk to. Did you hear about this through your former swim coach? I Is did. That, yeah. yeah. Darren, Darren, uh, Darren brought it up one day and talking about it. And so we just planned on trying it out. So <laughs> just we, try and, and uh, take a crack at it. Yeah. Take a crack. <laughs> give it a crack. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, what time of year was it? That, you that was, um, September? my swim was supposed to happen in May 30th of May. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, they had um, three foot waves that day, so we canceled till the next day. So um, that was first first of June, I think. And um, what was the water temp? Do you remember? Sixty, sixty degrees. And you were in a speedo, speedo, goggles, hat. Yeah. And um, how did you prep for the cold water? Um, that, that one we didn't do too much really. It was uh, 
I guess cold showers was a lot of that because yeah. I didn't put a pool up until later. Mm-hmm. And um, so we just uh, swam in the rain. That was cold. Mm-hmm. You know, so I uh, did a 10-mile um, qualifier in the rain. So that was a lot of back and forth. That is. Yeah, we had, your, we had to, um, I know Karen, Karen was there, helped us out a lot. Um, I think there was five layers of sunscreen or four yeah. layers of sunscreen that started with a so if we left at three thirty from the boat dock, you were up at two. Right. Hot shower, like a base layer of uh sunscreen, then two or three more, and then the final was on the boat with yeah. the like A D ointment the, the or desitin. whatever. Yeah, the desitin yeah. across your back because yeah. if you really think about it, it was a clear day, complete sun exposure. He's laying face down in the water for 14 hours, 22 minutes. 14 hours and 22 <laughs> minutes. Now, it got dark at some point, yep. so it wasn't the entire 14 hours, but really the bulk of that 14 hours, you're laying with your back and the back of your head exposed well, yeah. to the sun. So, And I think that you know, as much as we tried to prep you up, you still got a little sunburn. A little bit. Not too bad. <laughs> in a couple but, places, yeah, right? So, not too bad. But, uh, yeah, so that was uh, the longest distance of 500 yards was looking at from the – when you guys – turn to take the boat back with Correct. the captain um you left me there with mcdara and then there was a fire boat from from mm-hmm. the local fire department had a fire boat out there a brand new one and uh they had lights on it it's pretty cool actually and uh you could see the beach it was 500 yards away and um i said to mcdara how far is that and she says the fireman says it's about 500 yards i said you sure mcdara that's 500 yards that's pretty far you know it looked like i don't know if i could go that far it does and, look uh, like that, doesn't yeah, it? It's huge. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, we thank God we made it, you know? Yeah, it so got we, so shallow towards the end that the fishing boat had to pull out. And they couldn't get into the shore. So they had a flat-bottom fire, fire volunteer boat. fire department boat, and the kayak could continue on to protect him and, yeah. and do the last 500. So we didn't actually – Ron and I didn't actually get to see him completely finish, mm-hmm. right, right, that minute – I think we we hung around a little bit. We did see you sit down in the chair, so yeah. we stayed. As soon as he walked onto land, we booked it over to the marina again, and then had to follow back yeah. up. And, so. and what so that, was that, the record that you held? What, what oh, that was the, the oldest man to do it. Yeah, yeah. So now cool. that is in dis- dispute. There was a guy called me and said he he was the oldest. I said okay. Tell him, <laughs> tell him you're going to meet him in the back alley. Yeah, gonna, yeah. So, tell him you'll meet him in Canada and you guys will race. Yeah. Next you'll time. show him exactly why you're but, a tugboat. Yeah. But uh, that was all right. If he was the oldest, that's fine by me. You know? So, um, so Tom, you came out of that swim and you had bigger, you had a, a, another dream, right? Yeah. Um, that all came about as a friend of mine, Jim, who had uh, some cancer that I thought I would uh, raise some funds for. And um, we did. We raised... Uh, ten thousand dollars for leukemia lymphoma society and what swim was that it was uh called swim for jim yep yeah where yeah. was it though it was in england english england. channel yeah we went uh went to england in september of 2021 for a, a window to swim in the um end of september so we went there to acclimate and, and get used to the water but um here we practiced in a pool we put a pool up in my shop and you were in it you were in it sarge yeah yep and uh so that was a 12 14 foot by seven foot pool three feet deep and um i think you'll have to describe how you get two or three hours in a seven foot by 14 (laughs) foot pool um 
with the tethers, right? You, yeah. you well, tether we start off with tethers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we started off tethering and trying to swim, but um, for whatever the reason, the pool wasn't deep enough to do it comfortably. So to swim comfortably, so uh, decided that I just sit in there and I just face down and just did sculling for however long I stayed in the water. Mm-hmm. And um, that temperature wasn't seventy degrees, though, right? No, no that temperature was uh, about fifty-eight to sixty-two degrees. Yeah, yeah. And because um, the hardest part, it's about the same distance, the English Channel and Erie, correct? Give or take yeah, a mile yeah. or two with current. Yep. But what's the more challenging part of English Channel? Well, there's uh, what's the busiest shipping channel in the world? There's uh, saltwater, jellyfish, things like that. So that's the hardest part about it all. What's the and temperatures? Sixty, and um, I think. Erie Channel was more straight across, where the English Channel is. It's more like an S. You have to kind of go up this way and then kind of back down and back over to get to because of the currents, because right? The current, so you yeah. you actually start swimming north, and as you push further east, the current pushes you south, right? And then you end up swimming north again at the very end as you get towards France, right? Because the current, you have to break that current, or you you get out and it goes the other way throughout the day. Right. As it takes you throughout the day, the current ebbs and flows up north and south through the channel. Yeah, and you could actually get stuck in it, too. Correct. Right? So you could, you could just not go anywhere. Be swimming for an hour, go anywhere. a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. You're just swimming. So, um, unfortunately, we didn't get to experience any of that. We got to swim in the bay. Well, and yeah, and that was on not even in your control. That's where God stepped in and right. the wind and the current. And But there's something about that water, getting in that water. Yeah. And, and you went in without a wetsuit on. I right. went in with a wetsuit on, and it was still mm-hmm. frigid as can be. Takes your breath away for that first. First minute or two, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Feels like you have an ice cream headache yep. on, your, on, your, right. on your face and on your head. And you can see how people get disoriented, yeah. you know, and... and um, but I remember several times that those evenings where we'd be out having dinner and we think tomorrow we're going to go and yeah. we're looking out at that one restaurant. I think you danced that night to that one song you did. dance. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. But you could look out and you could see France. Yeah. The lights on over there. And, yeah. oh, my God, I think we're going to go. And then we're getting starting to get our minds right. And the intensity that I felt and all I was sure. going to be is on the ship. All right. And and you were just relatively calm. You were more worried about performing for Jim, right? You know, than you were about what was going to happen in the water. Right. You know, in the next couple hours or the next day, right? You know, it was just intense, man. Yeah, it was. It was uh, a lot of excitement, I think, and not you know just just trying to get done. It was a tremendous amount of anticipation because yeah. you know uh, just for everybody listening. Again, it's a it's an association that controls who can swim when. You have to get a slot, right. um, and your slot is only for a certain number of days. If the weather doesn't cooperate within those days, you're out, right? Because the the boat captain, the captain that's practiced and has the responsibility for getting you across or guiding you across, has the ultimate authority of whether it's a go or no go. Right. Um, along with the athlete, if the athlete doesn't want to go, they're not going to make you, but. Um, if they say the weather's too bad, you're not going. Right. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. So we had 10 days of every day getting ready almost. Right. To, maybe not every day, but most days getting ready or getting your mind right to be able to go tomorrow just in case it was the right day because it could have been go. 
Right. And then everything had to start, right? You had to get, you know, the, the food and the nutrition and all the gear that we would have on the boat that you would need to support you and be ready to be up at midnight to go down to the dock at one thirty in the morning to start swimming at like two. I right. Yeah. You'd swim starting early dark. Yeah. You swim in the dark for the biggest chunks of the whole day. Right. Um, and so unfortunately it didn't align. The, the weather did not change really hardly at all the whole mm-hmm. time we were in England and you were, you know, it was a no go from a safety perspective every single time. So right. I don't think that was, I know for a fact that was not, any unwillingness on anybody's part other than we just couldn't just fight weather the weather wasn't allowed to cooperate because we know that you hit a pretty significant milestone in your training leading up to that. What, what did, how much did you swim to get ready for the channel? I swam uh, 1.1 million yards, 1.1 million yards Jeez. of training swims. Yeah. That is absolutely phenomenal. But, right. but, you know, the funny thing is one of our athletes, Gab, had, she had an 11-mile run today, and she said on Wednesday, oh, I'm just trying to get my mind right about that. And, and mm-hmm. she ran 10 before, yep. but it was that 11th mile that was like, I just, I don't know, I'm just getting it right. right. And and there's something with endurance athletes, like I, I don't know if you guys ever feel it, but I start getting apprehensive if I have to do an 18-mile run or a 20-mile run because I know what that's going to be like and I know what mm-hmm. that's going to do to my body. Now you start thinking about it. The times when we had an eight-hour swim or a six-hour mm-hmm. swim or a 10-hour swim, I was always like, oh, man, I'm really dreading that. I wish I could just do it now and get it over with because my mind is thinking about it. Sure. And anytime I knew you were going to be there, you never let any of it bother you. You were just like, yeah, we're just going to swim. We're going to swim. Right. We have 16 increments that we have to do today of 30 minutes. And uh, we'll laugh about it. You know, at the one time you're like, I think I just peed in the pool, Ken. And I'm like, great, because I'm behind you. <laughs> and I'm, you're like, do you want some steak? And I'm like, no. And the lady got all weird. He asked the lady if she wanted some steak and potatoes. And the lady like switched lanes. And he's screaming. Move to the side real quick. No, because if you know, if you know, Tug, he can't hear really well because he's always yelling real loud. And he's like, I think I just farted real bad in the pool, Ken. And I'm like, what's real bad? Is there like follow through? Is there different? Yeah. Is there like, a different, different kind? Yeah. Is there, yeah. What level is it and i'm always behind him when he's doing it and i'm thinking thanks man at least you warned me instead of just tapping me like hey go over there but like i guess the reason i bring that up is your mindset never changed whether if it was a one mile swim a 24 mile swim you're always locked in on the task at hand and it's so cool watching you consistently show up with goals that would frighten the heck out of people and you just keep saying, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to do well, it. Mm-hmm. Not today. Not today, lifeguard. Yeah. They scare me too. But um, you got your mindset on something. You're going to guess the only way to do it is do it. So um, you know, sometimes when I'm out there swimming, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? You know? And uh, then I just keep. They, what I, I know I, what I'm what doing. What have I got I, myself into? Yeah. And then he says. But the only way it. to get out of it is to, to finish, finish the workout, right? right? You can't finish not finish. So, That's right. Um, you know, it's just there you'll be out sooner sooner you get to it the sooner you get done right. you know so, so tom we have unfinished business in england we do so what's next on your radar well got the ironman lake placid in this july and what's going to be that. special about that race it's going to be my last race so we're going to retire. Time. We leave in our bike and running shoes there like wrestlers leave their... <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll leave my shoes. Leave your shoes. Keep your bike. <laughs> keep the bike. Yeah. So You're, um, you're eight and a half wides. We're going right. to leave them at the finish leave line. Leave them there. So, but uh, yeah, so that's the, the last Ironman I'm going to do. And um, 
going to swim from there. How are your emotions going to be with that? Because that's been a big part of your life. Are you, yeah. You've come to terms with it, I'll, or you're going to have a moment that day? I'll probably tear, tear up a little bit. but uh, We're going to be there. Yeah, we'll manage. We'll get through it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's um, just fun fun to think about being done. You know, it's uh, as much as it is to do it, it's, it's you know, it's going to be enjoyable to say, you know, I cheer you guys on next year. You yeah, know, I'll be here for you next year to do to your run and what bike and whatnot. But um, you know, so that's it. That's it for uh, Ironman for for me. So um, you leaned you leaned in Friday night when we were having like a little happy hour with the with the crew, and you said Ocean Seven again. So yeah, that, I, that I, has now been brought back up. <laughs> I keep thinking of that, and uh, you know, English Channel's one of the seven, and uh, North Channel's another one. So. Um, that, that's probably where I'm headed. Gonna, uh, just get in there and see how far I can go. Give it a crack. Yeah. I mean, there's guys that, that, uh, been doing it for six and eight years that, that haven't had the opportunity to finish for a number of reasons, whatever they may be. But, um, I'm going to try and, uh, whether it takes me two years or 10 years, see how it goes. Yeah. I, I, you know, absolutely tug. And you know, that's a, Another important point for the listeners is that the the DNF rate is pretty high right. because there's a lot of different factors, and it's not because of the training or the the people that show up. All of them are dedicated and have you know dedicated a tremendous amount of hours to doing what they do for channel swims or this uh, Lake Erie style twenty four right. mile swims. Um, but you know weather and just a, a lot of different issues. So for you to go to Erie and complete that in your first go. Um, that's not everybody. No, right. It's not be, actually, I be was, uh, one of the oldest, if not the oldest, yeah. still debatable. I was um, 19 out of 107 who, who actually finished that race. Correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah, not everybody gets to finish. Right. So just making sure everybody understood that the determination, the training, the effort, um, and your, your attitude that carries you through all the things that you do right. in life, um, brought you to that to that finish in Erie and would have brought you to the finish in in the English Channel given the proper conditions for safety. Right. Yeah. So, but that's uh, that's where we're at. So, um, I think I will. Uh, I'll do Lake Lake Placid and then uh, dedicate my time to swimming. And um, here you may be looking at some swim coaching too. I'm looking at it. Yep. Yeah, I want to. I, uh, you know helping people and encouraging people is something I enjoy doing, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, I may not go about it the right way. Sometimes I cuss, you know, but we all do. Yeah. It's, uh, just who I am. You know, uh, it doesn't mean I don't want to do the, I don't know, just get out there and do it, you know, and, uh, help you as best I can. Yep. So, but, um, I want to say thank you to you guys for, giving me the opportunity oh you know and uh being a part of the part of victory is um as an athlete and as a as a friend and as a just being here with you guys is is uh just enjoyable it you know it's like seeing family every day whenever we're together you know um i see my siblings and and uh i get real happy i see you guys i just get as happy mm-hmm. you know and uh, i love you all and just being with you makes makes my day it's awesome so um 
So being with, it's like being with being with family. I love it. I have one one last parting shot I want to say is if from your journey of sprint triathlon to five time Ironman finisher to channel swimmer, what would you tell that person right now that's stuck in life that's not sure where they want to go? They have something on their heart. What would you give him that that bit of tugboat's advice? That's it. Follow your dream. It's all you got, you know. Um, everybody has something in their heart they want to do. Just go do it. And uh, even you don't have to be number one. You just have to be right. And uh, so whatever whatever dreams you have, do them to the best of your ability. Yeah. You know. Be the best version of you, exactly. whatever that is. Right. And everybody's unique and every, everybody's challenges are unique. Yeah. Even though triathlon will bring out very similar, uh, you know, personalities in people and, right. and find those that will stick to a plan and, and get things done. Um, everybody's got their own race to run. And, you know, comparisons to others, highly unnecessary. Comparison to yourself and being better than you were yesterday, 100% necessary yep. and mm-hmm. required. Yeah. Great, great point. Yep. Three best words in uh, endurance sports. I did it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And well, uh, it doesn't even have to be endurance sports, just something. Just get out there and walk. Agreed. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, do what you can do. Not everybody can do what we do, but everybody can do something. You know, just, well said. just two out of the five podcast Harleys, I, I, I wanted to, so I did. Mm-hmm. Yours is not today. Right. Not today, lifeguard. Right. <laughs> Not today, lifeguard. That's the title. Yeah. Like I love it. <laughs> awesome. Not today, lifeguard. Because it, if that lifeguard would have thrown it in, you or blown the whistle and made other people cut you out. Right. You may be still smoking. You may still be drinking. Right. You may still be like not viewed upon the community like you are now. But you've drew a line in the sand and said, "Dang it, I'm worth more, and I have more in me, and I'm going to go chase it down." Yeah. Not today. That's right. So get out there and do it. Love awesome. It. Awesome. Tugboat, thank you very thank much you. for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Tug. Thanks, thank Coach you. Scott, Coach Kenny. We really appreciate it. everybody that's been listening uh, to now episode six of the Victory Multisport Podcast. Please find us on Spotify, Google, Apple, and on YouTube. Thank you very much.